Hey friends. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I am Jillian. I'm Bianca. Today we are joined once again by Ms. Ashley Grafeo. Hello, hello everybody. Ayo, Miss Ashley. Ayo. Before we, oh, that note that you posted and then I immediately asked <laughs> if I could share Tears. was so amazing. Yeah. We got so much great feedback from that. Did it make you feel wonderful? I was like, oh, okay, thanks so much. And then I like went into my classroom to read it, opened it, read it and was like, oh God. Oh, God, I made a difference. For those of you who are not following us on social media and to quote Andrew Chappelle, then what are you doing with what your lives? What are you doing? Get exactly. your life. Come on. One of Ashley's students wrote a very, very lovely Christmas card. Yes, very heartfelt. And they're just a really, really good kid. And I'm very happy that they transferred to the school. But it was very nice to, to hear that. Ashley, would you mind reading us? Sure. Just for context? Sure. So it says, Merry Xmas. You my fave teacher, and I love being in your class. You make global fun, but you taught me a lot in this short time. Honestly, you're one of the reasons I'm glad I transferred here. In every school I've been in, there's always one teacher that I cling to quick, and this year it's you, Miss Ashley. With smiley faces, and then your caption is, some days I sit and count the hours until I go home. Today was one of them until I got a Christmas card from a student. Probably burst into happy tears and then taught two more classes with a smile. Now I'm thinking of ways to say thank you to my student while casually suggesting some editing tips. Yeah, there's some there's some grammatical, grammatical issues, issues that I, it's okay, it's okay. as the teacher, I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. But also like that's a dangling participle and I'm going to need you to fix that. So. <laughs> and a, a lot is two words. Yeah. So, Lone fact. Yeah. I'm just going to hand this back to you. <laughs> like, if you could just, this, you let's just call this your first imagine draft. Imagine if you send it back with like red pen. <laughs> oh, on it. that would be terrible. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Don't do that. Student, we I'm love awful. you, student. We will protect your identity, but. How amazing. I love this, this whole thing. So today we're going to do something a little different. Ashley is here to school us on the one, the only King George III. (laughs) Because I was thinking we haven't really spoken about him in a long time. Because also he's not going to factor in in Chernow. Anymore, especially. Well, yeah, ever really. is. I mean, as far as not in any sort of way that we come to know him in Hamilton American Musical. Right. Because he never met Alexander Hamilton. Exactly. Right. And I I certainly don't know anything (laughs) other than like really good shoulder moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wonder. How to to walk Mm -hmm. in kitten heels with good posture Mm -hmm. for the crown. Mm -hmm. I was thinking if we're going to meet all these new people, thanks to Chernow, like garbage people named Jacob Klingman and other folks, William Dewar. William Dewar. We should get into characters from the show and it's still weird to call them characters because they are real people. Yes. But the version of them in the show are characters. And I just thought, you know what? Who better than Ashley? So I asked Ashley, I said, how much do you know about King George? She goes, uh, enough. I said, all right, great. Well, let's come on the, come on the show again. And you're booked. <laughs> and talk to us about I it. I immediately received an invitation to an event. And I was like, oh, oh I, look I guess at the cal- I'm yeah, going to the calendar invite. Okay, um, cool. Okay. Thank you right, so much except- for doing homework on your winter break. Not a problem. I really appreciate it. I we know you were that. really secretly missing doing some homework. Um, so. I was super excited because I got to use one of my Christmas presents to do oh, my research. My, my cool new... Notebook. Wow, is that the, the London, subway system? The London Underground. It's the London, London Underground. Underground. How appropriate. <laughs> From our Secret Santa gifts, I got multiple God Save the Queen little like plates and sugar. Why? Because I'm an Anglophile. And okay. <laughs> I think that maybe I was born on the wrong continent sometimes, Perhaps. but that's cool. It's cool. So we're going to go through the King George tracks in Hamilton. And there are some things, you guys, eye openers. I keep telling Ashley to stop talking in the <laughs> nicest way because I want to save it for you because I have a lot of questions and Bianca has a lot of questions. And we did a little bit of research, but I like kind of diving in and seeing mostly I just want to see what it's like to be in Miss Ashley's class Mm. so 
Well, prepare yourself. There will be a writing assessment okay. at the end of this. Okay. It's a two-minute uh, free write. All right, everybody. IMG.pen. <laughs> <laughs> thing. So, we'll see you next week. Oh, okay. Show's <laughs> over. All right. I'll see you guys later. Oh. No. But if, of course, if it's for, for you, I'd be like, you guys, we have we all now have writing assignments <laughs> for Ashley. We have guys, to make Ashley super proud. Stop messing around. Take it seriously. You know what? Do it. <laughs> but before we get down to business, mm-hmm. there's a cocktail. Well, there definitely is a cocktail. There is a cocktail called the... I'm so blue. That's the stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's the light changing for everybody. The, the right. whole room just went blue. Spoilers, everybody. Sorry. Ooh, but it's awkward. the the I'm so blue. Uh, and Mike had this idea weeks ago. Really? Like months ago, even. Just like, when did you do a King George episode? Oh. And then we never got to it. And right. then when I said that, I said, stupidly, I was like, I wonder what cocktail it's going to be. And he was like, oh, the I'm so blue. <laughs> um, it is vodka, blue curacao, some triple sec, some club soda. And the best part. Arguably. Blue Sour Patch Kids floating in it. I love that. Because he's a little, uh, he's a, some might say he's a little bitter, a little sour, at least in the show. Sure. But yes. Ashley, your thing is, one of the reasons why you're here, mm-hmm. one of the many, I'm the first reason. Obviously. Um, but one po- of the podcast reasons. Podcast two. <laughs> right. right. No, I'm sorry. Bianca uh, two. Well, well, podcast three. <laughs> right. Mike. Mike four. No, Mike is no, number one. Honestly, Mike is Mike three. Is number one. Well, that's true. Actually, <laughs> we all, we're all wearing shirts that says Mike's number one. That's say Mike's number one. <laughs> You want to humanize this person. That was something that you said to me that really struck me because my response was, oh, well, we all think he's a dick because Lynn, that's how Lynn wrote him. Right. And I think that's that's obviously how he is. Well, right. (laughs) We were all there. So my job is done here. Um, One of the things I try to do when I teach and not just about particular like American history subjects, but any subject is there's two sides to absolutely every historical event. And it's important, I think, and I hope most teachers, history teachers think this, to present both sides and then let people make up their own minds about it. Not necessarily what do you think happened, but how do you feel about it? I would so love for that to be the case just in life. That just made me feel like I almost deflated, like, wouldn't it be nice if that's how people actually lived? Mm, that That would be amazing. Tell me about it. But anyway, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know anything about King George III other than what we're taught in high school, that he was the king that lost the American colonies. And I also very distinctly remember seeing a movie when I was younger called The Madness of King George. Oh, yes. And I also very distinctly remember one particular scene. And I'm sorry if this is going to ruin the drink. I mean, it's kind of why we have it. <laughs> right. But not really. Sorry. Yeah, I hope not. Um, I remember this scene where he is literally running up and down the hallways of his palace in his long nightgown without his wig on. And he's going crazy or in the midst of madness. And one of his servants comes out and he goes, ma'am, his water is blue. And they like look into the bowl and his urine was blue i'm so blue and that is legit all i knew about king george the third and also all you thought about for that line i've also really all thought about this for years wait a minute hold the phone yeah his water was blue blue. yeah let's rewind Rewind. let's just settle on this you guys king george's pee was blue yes at some point in his life it was blue well there's a couple of different reasons or or kind of theories as to why one would have been that he had this genetic disease which was called porphyria which actually historians now kind of look at it and they say, no, that probably wasn't it because that wasn't what made him go mad. And also it probably didn't have anything to do with the with the pee thing. So modern like forensic people and historians have looked at it and they said, well, he was given probably a medicine at one point that included wildflowers, some of which were blue, mm. and they would turn his pee blue. That's plausible. Yeah. So no, it's not curacao. You know, I don't think he was heavy <laughs> on the curacao. Okay. No, just check. I mean, I... 
But the por- how do you say porphyria? Porphyria. Porphyria. Yeah. It might have affected some. I mean, at least his mental state for a little bit because in my this is one of the, like the only of course the only research I did was like why is King George's pee blue <laughs> it says that it's a genetic illness that causes a buildup of chemicals in the blood right so that could right. some people would think uh, of course if that's happening but it also is really I guess the the main thing that causes mental deterioration well that's what a lot of people had argued for a really long time but as I was doing a lot of research today and I also I had also heard other stuff like maybe he had syphilis and that's what led to his madness but then again in my research I found out that that's probably not plausible but that happened in big love remember it did, yeah but causes dementia um I an article I was reading was saying that he was taking some type of medicine at the time mm-hmm. that would have contributed to the to the blue pee but also looking back on the notes left by people about his behavior and things like that, modern historians actually assume that he might have been bipolar and that he, what he experienced when he was mad was extreme states of being manic, mm-hmm. like for days at a time. There was one time where they said he talked for 58 hours nonstop. Take that, Ham. Like, yeah, really? Nonstop. Just didn't stop and was foaming at the mouth. That's he was so talking sad. So much. Yeah. That's and heartbreaking, it's actually, actually. Yeah. And he... You know, he went away and he was one of the first kings to like go on vacation to like recover. But the thing about King George that I didn't know, I thought he just went mad and then that was the end of the story. He came back, he recovered and then led England into like the Napoleonic Wars against like he came and then and then eventually he does. He did end up getting dementia and all these things. And so his son did have to take over. But yeah, I didn't realize that like there was so much to King George's story that I had no clue. We'll get back to the. Yeah. The truth of the history. No but let's dive into just a little bit Lynn's version of this right. crazy stalker ex <laughs> right. who just really does go more and more insane and yeah. stalkery. Right. Here's something I think is interesting. Before we started recording, I was talking to Ashley about like, you know, how King George, it's like a spurn lover, all of his tracks. And Ash, you were telling me that that's kind of not the first time you've heard that. There's actually something on the American side that relates to that. What's that all about? One of the, the one of the ways that history teachers usually teach, or at least the other history teachers that I know teach the Declaration of Independence is that it's like a breakup letter between the colonies and Great Britain. Um, Because if you look at it, it's basically like they're outlining everything. They're like, and then you did this wrong. And then you did this. And this is why I'm leaving. Um, And so it's like (laughs) King George is basically responding to the breakup letter. And he's be like, oh, oh, okay. You say our love is draining and you can't go And I do love how different the King George songs are in the show. Yeah, they just it just feels like you're in a different, completely different era, a completely different the whole tone like is country. different. The song structure is different, the like the melodies are different, the rhymes are right. different. Even on stage, the as Andrew told us in our interview with right. him last week, the entire lighting and the set is like everything is completely different from everything else that is part of that show. Just a fun fact, the rhymes that he uses are very rudimentary and that's not an insult to Lynn because Lynn also wrote on some chips <laughs> so like we'll get there but for some of the King George stuff they're very they're called um homophones so it's yeah right things that sound exactly the same that spell differently so he'll right. rhyme c-s-e-e with c-s-e-a and rhymes that end on the line are called simple lines right. which uh, simple rhymes which I didn't know about but the thing about homophones is that they're also known as rich rhymes what King George 
cared about money, you guys. See how it all, it all, it all connects. It all connects. <laughs> and that he's sort of like representing the monarchy, one dude on the stage, right. kind of holding court. How accurate would you say that is? I'd Ashley? say that is actually not very accurate. <gasps> to be completely honest. Well, all right then. Um, because, Damn. Well, here's why. Because, again, the way that we're really taught about the um, the revolution in America and, and also just from the show is like, you know, these, um, if you will, young, scrappy and hungry folks. And I will. Okay, great. You know, we're fighting against a tyrant and a country that um, hated them and, and treated them like redheaded stepchildren. And um, apologies to all redheads. I love redheads. <laughs> Ron Weasley forever. Um, Especially if you happen to be a redhead and a stepchild. You are loved. Email us. We love course. you. That's a terrible phrase, a and ter- I'm sorry I used it. Um, King George didn't really run England. Parliament ran England. England is a constitutional monarchy. They had been since the 1600s, which really means that the king kind of could influence politics, but influence in the sense that he didn't influence elections, but he could work with people once they had been elected or had been appointed to something like the House of Lords, for instance. But, you know, he couldn't necessarily say, I want this law passed now. Get it done. He had no power to levy taxes. He had nothing to do with any of the taxes that were brought on the um, the colonists. Did he act like he did? No. He agreed and supported some of the taxes. But in fact, it was actually his minister of finance, the one that he picked, that repealed the Stamp Act, which was like the one that pissed off so many colonists. He, that's the big one. It gets its own chapter in the history. And that's it. Yeah. And it's a huge <laughs> What's one. What's the Stamp Act? The Stamp Act was basically a tax that was placed on all paper items. So anything that you printed, like whether it be like a leaflet or or a, a book or anything, had to have a stamp on it, which said that you paid the tax. There was so much uproar over the Stamp Act in the colonies that people were refusing to pay and just weren't doing it. And King George, one of his ministers of finance that he like approved of was like, oh, well, let's repeal the Stamp Act. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, do it. So what King George really agreed with was order. He wanted everything to work the way that it was supposed to work. And specifically, he wanted the colonists and the colonies to do their jobs. And their Sounds job. Like somebody else I know. <laughs> named Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> and their job really was make money for the kingdom, make money for the monarchy, make money for the whole empire because they were an empire. It wasn't just the colonies, it was the colonies and then India and then Ireland and then England. So, like in King George's mind, he was like a traditional monarch. He was like, no, 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 everybody has their job to do. You're our colonies, you produce tobacco and cotton, and you that's your job. Do it. Well, they made an arrangement. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Why so sad? Remember we made an arrangement when you went away. Now you're making me mad. Remember despite our estrangement, I'm your man. And I also read that he really did refer to the people as subjects, like you do. And he would also talk about their affection for him. I mean, he did that pretty often. This is from an actual address that he made to Parliament on October 27th, 1775. Interesting year. Mm. History buffs at home. Gentlemen of the House of Commons, I have ordered the proper estimates for the ensuing year to be laid before you, and I rely on your affection to me and your resolution to maintain the just rights of this country. Am I looking into the word affection? I think maybe a little bit, just because affection, affection in that sense, first and foremost, what KG3 really believed and (laughs) hashtag KG3 what he really believed was that you know as the monarch of Great Britain 
as the monarch of the British Empire, he was like a father figure to all of his people. And so it was kind of expected that his subjects would understand their place and understand that like, you know, he has to make the hard decisions. And sometimes you don't like it when mom and dad make the hard decisions, but they're doing it for you. And <laughs> it's for your own good. That's it's right. So much creep. He's now. not mad. He's just disappointed. But I also think, you know, he had this idea that like, yeah, they're king. Of course they have affection for me. Like, how could they not? I am their king. No, don't change the subject. Cause you're my favorite subject. My sweet submissive subject. My loyal royal subject. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You'll be back. Like Let's go back just a minute. Because in Farmer Refuted, yep, there's this whole fight. Right. Again, based on real literature. And he talks about the costs and you talk about Boston and all that. And so they're talking about the Boston Tea Party. Right. Because then we get to King George and you'll be back. And he says, the price of my love is not a price that you're willing to pay. So that like, how bad a look was that for him? Well, I mean, first and foremost, the Boston Tea Party was the equivalent of wasting like a million dollars. Yeah, not a price I would think many people would, would be willing to pay. Not only was that tea worth a million dollars, but it had been it had come from another British colony. Are you saying a million dollars now? A million dollars then? For no, I think it's our favorite game. What? How much is that now? Yeah. So what? Like, was it? <laughs> I should. Um, I would have to look it up. I feel like I can look it up. Oh, do you have the interwebs? We there? have the intranet. The eth- the ether. Ethernet, ethernet. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Okay, do you have to sign into AOL? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and do right. that. It says a million dollars. Whoa. There you go. I, Boston Tea Party costs, and it just is really big letters, a million dollars. A million dollars. And it says it took, nearly, it took nearly three hours for more than 100 colonists to empty the tea into Boston Harbor. The chest held more than 90,000 pounds, right. 45 tons of tea, which would cost nearly $1 million today. Oh, okay. What? So that was still that was a lot of cash. Yeah, a million dollars any day of the week and And any year is a lot of money. You guys, let's not split hairs here. (laughs) Million dollars is million dollars. I have lots of issues with the Boston Tea Party. Let's get into them. I have so many issues. Well, first of all, I have so many issues with the the way that we all kind of learned the revolution in general, because we always kind of again really learn about like these amazing patriots who did such wonderful work for us. But when you really think about it, I always like to think of that line from Days and Confused. Hey guys, one more thing. Hey, this summer when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial Fourth of July brouhaha, don't forget what you're celebrating, and that's the fact that a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. Yeah. Which is a hundred percent accurate. And the Alexander Boston Hamilton wanted you to pay taxes. Well, yes, he did. He did. Like, like, oh, like to a fault, arguably yeah. to a fault. But the Boston Tea Party. I mean, the colonists dressed up as Native Americans to try and blame it on Native Americans. All right, well, they that's got caught. Absolutely whoa, whoa. awful, yeah. disgusting. Whoa. Like hating, they weren't all hating the all of that, hating all of it. That's not cool. No, um, no. All right, so but no. Ham was right. Even Lynn's Ham was right because that was the farmer refuted was an actual thing. So for absolutely. Hamilton to be like, yeah. wait a second, this is a shit ton of money that was literally right. thrown away. Actually right. thrown away. And Correct. look at what the cost was of that. Well, and, and, and absolutely. What he's talking about, the cost of it was the fact that 
you know, after the Boston Tea Party, Parliament, again, not King George, Parliament was very upset and they passed the Intolerable Acts. And that was kind of the line in the sand for the colonists. The Intolerable Acts were like the the Quartering Act where British soldiers could be placed in any home at any whim and they would displace the people who own the home. What? That's why one of the key parts of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is that, you know, you can't do that. Yeah, no, I, that's not cool. Yeah. Look back at the Bill of Rights. Which I wrote. When he says, you'll remember that I served you well, did he? Well, I think so. Um, King George was, you know, a total nerd. That a lot. Ashley just fixed her glasses. I did fix my glasses as I said it, and then I remembered, <laughs> this is a podcast, Ashley. No one could see you. Yeah, I don't know why we can't. We've been doing this for almost a year. We I haven't really figured nobody, that part out yet. Nobody remembers... <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, So King George was super into agriculture. Wait. (gasps) I'm sorry. What? Agriculture? Agriculture. Agriculture. (laughs) Plants. Agriculture. Which is crazy because I seem to remember two sons of bitches named Jefferson and Madison who went on a botanizing (laughs) Botanizing tour tour. (laughs) and then hated Alexander Hamilton for being just a little suggestive that maybe we should do something the British did because it worked. Right. And they were all hating him. and Right. But they would, but so then we, why didn't Hamilton turn around and say, hey, guess what, buddies? Why don't you go plant some trees with your pal, King George? You guys are all in the same. I wonder if he would, I hope he would have said those exact words. <laughs> he did. Go plant some trees with King George. <laughs> go plant a tree with King George. Oh, Keep your man. face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, he's a, he was a good he was a great writer you he guys. was I am I, I, those are that's word for word I think oh, it, from, it, <laughs> from his uh, his writings but it is kind of insane right that he was I didn't know he was a big agriculture guy and it well, seems crazy yeah. now to think about what that. King George really understood about agriculture was that agriculture is the backbone of any of those societies back then and that you need to invest in new agricultural technologies and you know new products and new crops if you're gonna grow as a country and a lot of people and myself included I had no idea but King George III's policies in terms of agriculture and his encouragement of botany and things like that led to the second agricultural revolution which basically means that people had been farming the exact same way since about 10,000 BCE up until this particular time period in history. And then they start to introduce new techniques, which leads to the Industrial Revolution and a huge growth in population, which basically brings us to why we all live in cities and buildings. And So they, if the three of them, talking about Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, and James Bond, if the three of them could have just said, you know what, you have some good ideas, I have some, why, if they just came together, it, it, why don't we all just take our good ideas and put them together? Because they were men. Ugh. You guys, the eye rolling that is happening in this <laughs> podcast recording is really unparalleled. We may or may not be shifting the axis of the earth right now with the like, oh, you <laughs> guys, they they all agree. Th- that's the thing that pisses me off about right. this. They all agree really on the yeah. the end goal. They all want to yeah. get to the same place. If someone wants to plant a couple they trees, want their then fine. plan to be the way it happens. And God forbid your pride gets in the way. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> Ain't that the oh, truth? Oh boy! Preach, sister. Right? What, uh, no. what was that? No, what? Get rid of that. Um, <laughs> I might not be able to. I'm gonna see oh, God. that. I don't know. Hey, you know what? After how? <laughs> what is this? Our episode 49. Look, there are things that I had to keep in that did not sound really great. All right, for me. Oceans rise, empires fall. We have seen each other through it all, and when push 
comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love da 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 but we've seen each other through it all. I don't know what that, What I don't know what, what King George is saying in that. First and foremost, I mean, England is uh, the reason why those colonists all speak English and have English laws. I mean, they're, oh, that. they're the whole reason they exist. Uh, okay. Well, but also, um, <laughs> going to try to edit that out because I sound like an idiot. But guess what, Ashley? <laughs> Sometimes you can't edit things out. But basically what he's referring to there is the Seven Years' War, as it was called in England, but in the colonies it was the French and Indian War. And that was a war that was started, unfortunately, by the colonists, in particular by a young, naive George Washington, I believe is how you pronounce (gasps) his name. That is correct. Wait, so is that what he is referencing, where he's like... Well, when Washington says, you know, I saw my men massacred. Yeah, yeah. I was younger than you are now When I was given my first command I led my men straight into a massacre I witnessed their deaths firsthand I made every mistake And felt the shame rise in me And even now I lie awake Knowing history has its eyes That's the, the event that Indian started War. the French and Indian War. Yeah. Whatever it was, Washington started it. Oh, oh, oh he no, did. Boy. Oh, God, you guys, what what a mess. <laughs> did England help us out? Is that what he means? We saw oh, each absolutely. other through it all? I mean, this is the reason why England ends up dominating the colonies, because England not only sends, because the colonists write to England, they're like, whoops, uh, need a little help. Need a little help over here. Please help us, Bye. help us. The French are trying to, you know, claim lands that... We've claimed and what's going on. You want to also remember that France and England primarily have always been enemies Mm. um, for quite some time. And King George goes to Parliament and Parliament agrees and they send funds. They send troops. And seven years later, you got the... uh, the British colonies, the the official establishment of the British colonies. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that the colonists didn't cause any more trouble, and so they passed the law saying, like, dudes, like, please don't go past this line because, like, we're not going to protect you if you go past this line. Was that the exact wording? What was it? Yeah, it was like, dude, hey, dude, dude bro, like, bro, bro, let's bruh. just do some Jaeger bombs and just call it a day. Um, yeah, it was the proclamation of seventeen sixty three. Where was this line? It was in the sand. <laughs> Good it one. Was drawn in the sand, <laughs> and then take a stand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, are we all? Why exactly are we here if we're not here to do this? Right? This is what we're Accurate, doing, yeah. right? Um, I guess the line. Oh God, I didn't bring my maps with me, but if I had to fashion a guess, I'd say probably what we would consider to be like Appalachia, like okay. anything west of there. They're like, we will not protect you. Please stop. There be dragons. For your love, for your praise. And I'll love you till my dying days When you're gone, I'll go mad So don't throw away this thing we had Cause when push comes to shove I will kill your friends and family To remind you of my love And I do love how it's still like Even though it's, for lack of a better word basic 
just in turn like comparatively so you know it's so bad not like that was he wearing uggs <laughs> sorry <laughs> uggs with kitten heels kitten heels are like my favorite things in the world <laughs> not really at all but i just think it's funny he had a pumpkin spice latte walk. yeah uggs with kitten heels yoga pants yoga pants and then he was wearing a north face vest mm-hmm. Perfect. So basic. It sounds amazing. Anyway, what I was saying was that I just love how Lynn's lyrical prowess, if you will, still comes through because we have these simple rhymes and these homophones, but then there are still these fantastic examples of double meanings and wordplay and like, I'll love you till my dying days because uh, that is how they ruled. Hello. <laughs> Actually, not to throw a wrench in that one. Okay, as well, well, you know what? Throw it. But, um, well, King George is. <laughs> People could have just seen <laughs> Jillian's face. It was such a bit because I just really wanted I know, to hear you. It was so good, though. I wish this was on camera. I just did uh, a, uh, I feel like it was a Kristen Wiig, like, yes. It was a little Paul Rudd and like Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, it was. It's, uh, now I'm picking up my dishes and Pick throwing it. it. It's like that um, Target lady face. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Yes. But throw a wrench in it, though, because I really want to know. King George, actually, because he was so ill and he actually, towards the end of his life, had dementia. And he was completely blind from cataracts. Oh, God. His son, they had to pass what's called a Regency Act. And his son ruled in his stead until he died. So, like, his son was technically the king for the last couple of years of his life. But when did that happen? Like, in the time when when You'll Be Back is happening in the timeline of the show. Oh, this happens when this happens in like the 80s. Okay. Yeah. So, so he will I love am them until his days of being yeah, cognizant no, are over. I wish that Lynn had been a little clearer. <laughs> really, Lynn? Oh, I, I, um, Lynn, how dare you? Perhaps I should write a letter. Podcast is canceled. Um, <laughs> but at least in his mindset where he is right now. Right. Yeah. This King George is saying, yeah. well, I'm going to, I'm like a superhuman, awesome, awesome phoenix. Wow. Like, I'm just amazing. He's a phoenix, yes. So I'm He's just going to be here. But no, because that means he has to rise from the ashes. Sure. So. Well, technically he did because he kind of got knocked down when they lost the colonies and he almost gave up his throne. He wrote an abdication letter and was like ready to give it over. And, but it was never delivered. And then he kind of lost his popularity for a little bit, went mad, took a vacation, and then came back. And he was enormously popular. Like, people loved King George. So what you're saying is he was knocked down and then got the fuck back up again. Sort of like another gentleman that I know. <laughs> Hercules Mulligan! Okay, uh, on the British government. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm taking back us going track by track. Okay. Because that means... He did know it was something that someone could do. What? They say George Washington's yielding his power and stepping away. Is that true? I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. I'm perplexed. Are they George Got Washington it. is stepping. Got it. Like, now I get he it. Did they know can that. Step that took down. me a second. Yeah. You're really um, failing, Ashley. That I'm was sorry. rough. Can you leave? Sorry. I'm on vacation, you guys. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I'm just like, hey, so your first Monday where you should be totally able to sleep in, why would you come over and teach I me slept, and Listen, about. I slept till 9.30 today, and I woke up and I was like, look at me. Golf I'm claps. crazy. And then I just sat on my computer and took notes all day. Um, But yes, it turns out that it was a thing that he, not necessarily that he knew, but I think he was so embarrassed, and he thought that it was like, who's going to follow me as a monarch if I just lost probably our most valuable asset? And so he might have thought that it would have been better if he had stepped down. But then I also think that probably Parliament, along with his family, 
um, was just like, please don't do that. None of your children are of an age yet to take the throne. By the way, he had 15 children. What? Um, well, his wife. His, his wife. wife his wife was. That his is poor correct. wife. Gave his <laughs> poor wife. Honestly, <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I was like, was she pregnant forever? I think so. She was good pregnant God. for a good 16 years of her life. Yikes, bikes. I could not. Her name is Charlotte. Her name was Charlotte Mecklenburg Strelitz. Excuse me. She was German. Is <laughs> 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 that that, is that weird? No, that's exactly how you. That's, that's exactly how the German stock. Um, <laughs> I just actually I like King, how you get real throaty. German. Weird, <laughs> Whenever I do that, I always just think of Alan Cumming in in Cabaret. Yeah. Anytime he did the German accent, sometimes oh, yeah. like, huh? yeah. yeah. Stay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I am your host. Saga, welcome, bienvenue, welcome in cabaret, oh cabaret, to cabaret. So Charlotte's German. So Charlotte is German, right? She's what? Actually, she's German. <laughs> but so is King George, actually. King George was German. He was from the line known as the House of Hanover. Mm. And they were actually German kings or a German royal family that was invited to England by Parliament to become the monarchs of England, which meant that he was the, these kings were pretty much under the thumb of Parliament. They couldn't really step out of line. He couldn't just make decisions on his own. I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Yeah, they, they took him from a royal family because his family was Protestant, and the only available heirs to the throne at the time that his family was asked to come over happened to have been Catholics, and England and Catholics, and I mean, I could that's a whole other thing. But basically, Parliament didn't want a Catholic on the throne. And so George ends up being the third Hanoverian king. And he's the first out of those three who was born and raised in England, spoke English. And then when he became king, he actually like said to Parliament, and he's like, I am of Great Britain, which was a huge thing because he was like the first Hanoverian to really be British. And especially because his family had been brought in by Parliament to rule, like he really had to answer to them. However, that's not to say that like he wasn't gung ho about this this war because he was he was like no 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 you're our possession you know and we you can't do this we haven't really done anything wrong to you you're acting out do you think that relates to with the you've been freed and oh, when like I'm he saying did he, it yeah when I'm saying he I'm talking about the character of the show right. in this moment not only you've been freed like okay you've been freed I've just it's my decision right like when people are bitter <laughs> about the breakup they're like well you know I said it was me I decided it was mutual what comes next you've been freed do you know how hard it is to lead? You're on your own. Awesome. Wow. Do you have a clue what happens now? Oceans rise. Empires fall. It's much and now we're talking yeah. about a certain time period where right. to say that was an argument against ending slavery. Like, well, there, you know, what are we going to do next? Right. What comes next? No one's going to know what to do. So let's just yeah. keep it as it is. I mean, I think one of the things that you want to remember is that he tried really hard and he was 100% behind the war against the colonists. He was like, yeah, no, we need to get this territory back. We need to keep it. However, when they started losing, he and his ministers were kind of pushing for more money, more troops. Morale back in Britain was very low. People were just like, just let them go. Like, we're done. And he kind of had to take like the mood of the people. And the mood of the people at that point was just like, enough, like enough. Again, like we've lost a lot of soldiers. Like, it's over. It's over, dude. And 
one of the cool things that I read about King George. P.S. By the way, I forgot to mention this earlier, but his nickname was Farmer George. Paging Thomas Jefferson. Paging <laughs> Thomas um, Jefferson. One of the things that he says later, way after the war, when he meets this fellow, I don't know if you've heard of him, um, John Adams. John Adams? What was it? 85? It was actually in 85. It was it? Yes. Oh, okay. no. 1985, everybody. We're ah, going back what to a good year. I was two years old. <laughs> it was a good year. It was, a, it was the great. year of Madonna and Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> so KG3 says to John Adams, he says, I was the last to, to consent to the separation, but the separation having been made and having become inevitable... I have always said, as I say now, that I would be the first to meet the friendship of the United States as an independent power. Well, that's kind. Isn't that just special? That scene in John Adams. Again, we're going back to the John Adams miniseries. Paul Giamatti, come on, talk to us about it. Uh, Laura Linney. Tom Hanks, it's a Playtone I'd specifically production. like to talk to Laura Linney about the scene where she inoculates her children. Oh, it's crazy. Okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but that scene where John Adams actually meets King George, it's a whole, he has to bow yeah. three times yep. before he gets to him. It's one of Mike's- Protocol. I think it is Mike's favorite scene in the whole thing. And then the Hamilton came out and Lynn wrote it in the annotation yeah. that it was his favorite scene too. And that's sort right. of what he got. So like even from that- I feel like King George, just his whole persona to make somebody stop and bow three. And poor John Adams was like, I don't, is it now? When do I, what? And there are all these, these guards around him. The thing about the monarchy, specifically in England, is it's all traditional. There are things that they have been doing in the royal family since like the 1600s that they just won't change, even if they're ridiculous. They won't change it because that's just the way it's always been done. And that's how it's going to continue. <sighs> King George also had brothers and his brothers, he felt were loose moraled men. And they were not doing correct things. And they married women that he did not approve of. Oh. Did they so, show their shoulders? Because Abby Adams would not have liked she that. She wouldn't have approved she that either. really didn't like anyone. Everyone had loose morals. Well, the Adams were like stone cold Puritans. So mm-hmm. that doesn't show. And it was like, they, they have, uh, they, they're showing their arms up to their elbows. And you're like, Abby, would you? Scandalous. Would you just, Abby, Abby we, we love you. We know that. that I you gotta remember, George, you gotta remember George. the Puritans when they were in power in England actually banned Christmas and music okay, and plays, well, so they were okay. not very. So it was fun. the Footloose Town. It was like great. it's exactly England Footloose was Footloose Town. town. <laughs> great <laughs> Footloose Town. Uh, we need a Ren McCormick to Everybody come in and had to shake things loose, up. But. <laughs> but anyway, King George was so kind of pissed off at his brothers that he passed. He asked Parliament to pass something called the Royal Marriages Act. And I wrote, literally in my notes, I wrote, sort of a prude. Um, (laughs) And basically, it's just the idea that if any member of the royal family wants to get married, they have to get the approval of the monarch. And if you watch The Crown, you know that this actually happened in the 1950s because Queen Margaret wanted to get married to the guy that she was in love with who had previously been divorced. Mm. And she had, I know. For shame. It's, I'm, I roll. I, it's just, I can't. And she had to get the approval from Queen Elizabeth to get married. Did and, she get it? Um, spoiler alert. And uh, no. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. this should be fun. Oceans rise, empires fall. Next to Washington, they all look small. All alone, watch them run. They will tear each other into pieces. Jesus Christ, this will be fun. Da, 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 da. President John Adams. Good luck. 
I'm just interested in Lynn's version of King George because he seems like such a whiny little Facebook stalkery brat and a little threatening, like, don't come crawling back to me. He wants to have the last word. He's like, has to have the last word in the argument. Yeah. And the whole, like, they'll tear each other into pieces. He's like the guy who, Jesus like. Jesus Christ, this will be fun. Da-na-na. Shoulders, everybody. Well, I mean, but damn if the man didn't call it, though. Ever since then, we've been tearing each other to pieces. Well, you know, well, sometimes. America. For him to say, and again, him, I'm talking about the character of King George, this new country, quote, air quotes, is it can't really do anything. But at the same time, we're so terrible that the, we're going to rip John Adams apart. So, 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 so. King George truly believed in the concept of monarchy and the idea that there is an order to all things. And so I think the fact that the Americans not only broke away from that order of things and challenged the order of things, but also set up a completely new way of doing things was threatening. I was going to say, do you think he was a little jealous that he couldn't do that? That he I was think trapped some of it, in this? I think some of it might have been not necessarily jealousy. I think that he relished his job as king. I think that he was a good or what he thought was a good king. Mm-hmm. But I think that he was upset that people who were not of royal blood made the assumption that they could just decide how things were going to be without the approval of the royals. For instance, when the French Revolution comes around in 1793, he is the first person, the first monarch to be like, nope, that's not going to happen. You common people are not going (laughs) to, you are not going to overthrow a king and a queen. How dare you? And so he's one of the first countries to really like, create a coalition to fight the French. Mm-hmm. He didn't want these ideas of like freedom and you know no monarchs. Freedom. He didn't want those ideas to spread through Europe, which is also crazy because he was a constitutional monarch. Like he had there were laws that prevented him from doing a lot of stuff. Like he didn't really govern. He reigned. He was like the moral authority. According to him. Leader. His morals. Well, yeah, but if you also look at how the royal family continues to act, you know, that's kind of what they're taught. They're taught like you're not here to be the person who tells people what to do. You're here to do nothing and act like the moral authority so that people can look at you and be like, oh, I should act more like that. And that sounds not fun. Like a crazy person. Okay. You pronounce boring wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm always doing that. All alone across the sea. When your people say they hate you, don't come crawling back to me. Da 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 talk a little bit more about charlotte let's do it 15 children i'm sorry i just my i just like got a stomach ache thinking about it yeah 15 children 13 of whom lived to adulthood what yeah very impressive for that particular time do you think it was because they were super rich because it was absolutely they were they were royal kids and what was really what i really found very fascinating as i was reading is so he had originally wanted to marry someone else his advisors were like no you can't marry her she's not you know she's not of the right family whatnot And he actually said, I am born for the happiness or misery of a great nation and consequently must often act contrary to my passions. And so he kind of like gave up the woman that he was interested in. Sounds like somebody else we know, you guys. Mm -hmm. Hello. Alexander. Charlotte comes over from Germany and... (laughs) (laughs) And she... They meet and get married on the same day. That's sweet. Then it wasn't sweet when Mariah Reynolds married Jacob Klingman on the same day that she divorced. That was different. <laughs> They're all garbage. Different story. Garbage people. <laughs> but they, according to pretty much everything I read, which I'm just, I, I was floored by, 
He, they were both faithful to one another for 50 years of marriage. They ended up probably like adoring one another. He never cheated on her and they had 15 kids and he was really, really attached to all of his children. And they said that one of his first bouts of madness came when his two young, two young children died. And he was like inconsolable um, for like, like someone months. else we know. The well, right. Parallels? Yeah. When another son of his died, he was again, he was so inconsolable that like people were just like, we don't know what to do with him. And he like fell into depression and um, and he really he had very high like behavioral standards for his kids. But also fun American history fact here. Charlotte, North Carolina named for Queen Charlotte. Oh, Princess yeah. Charlotte. So, yeah. like, curtsy. Yes, yes, thank you. Amazing. She, uh, she has a statue, I believe, of her. Really? In Charlotte, yeah. There's some interesting facts about her ancestry. Or not facts, but conversation, I should say. Yeah, there's a lot of conversations and inquiry into her ancestry because the first thing I read about her was literally, and I read this, and I almost did, like, a Saved by the Bell spit take <laughs> because it said that Queen Charlotte was the first black queen. And I was like, what, 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 what? Stop, hold the phones. Like, what? And so I read further. <laughs> First of all, a lot of people at the time didn't really necessarily like her because she looked different from mm-hmm. other people. And she they, they said that she looked homely and she wasn't pretty, which... Wow, it's at a first good thing when, that's changed. Yeah, at first when I read that, I was like, Ugh. wait a second. No, no. And so I started reading more and I was like, how, how dare they? How dare you? And so I'm looking at the paintings of her and I was like, she looks lovely for her time period. You how know what? They? they all look a little bit the same. Yes, that's those also, they've pig, all got they, oh. those like flat faces with no chins. Like, and that's the big how they hair. Look. You right. know, like, come on. The real Mariah Reynolds looks nothing like Jasmine Cephas Jones. No. Let me Zero. just say that. Or nope. any, or uh, nope. Alicia Delarue or anyone. Nope, nope, nope. It's just, yeah. come on. According to the stories that I read, her family had descended or at some point had married into a Portuguese family, Portuguese royal family, which was argued to have had members of that family who were what they called Moors, which at the time were African people, African Muslims. And so she could have had African ancestry, which would have made her the first black queen of England. The only black, like say like the first. Yeah, I was going to say, how many? And then the second one came three years later. No, the only. Well, that is awesome. your what would you like our listeners to have as sort of a a takeaway about king george i would say that one thing you want to take away from king george is that he was misunderstood for a really really long time you know again people kind of forgot who he was until that movie and that play the madness of king george came out and then people only thought of like oh he was crazy and now we remember him or not even remember him but it's not to say that lynn made a caricature of him but he made him into a character for his show, of course. Yeah, with many characters. Absolutely, I think. absolutely. I mean, and I think one of the things that I would want people to take away is like just read a little bit more about him because this guy kind of like set a lot of the wheels in motion for the success of Great Britain for the next 150 years. You know, the show uses King George as a representative of sure. the division. Yeah, and it's like the big bad from like Buffy, you know? It's like or Dexter. Gotta have that big bad guy yeah. to focus on. And I think also 
a lot of people in the colonies at that time, like they didn't understand parliamentary democracy and sure. all they knew was, hey, the king's a bad guy because where all these taxes are coming and it's the king. The king did it. Right. We don't want to pay these taxes. They're right. his idea. So he's the bad guy. When you really take a deeper look at the history of England, the history of these monarchs, like sadly, they didn't really have any influence, to be completely honest. But they wore some lovely kitten heels <laughs> and lovely wigs. Well, wigs as high as the sky. <laughs> I don't even know. Ash, on your way out, you know you're going to have to do the King George, the Groff sauce. The little waddle walk. This is uncomfortable. No. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for stopping by on your first Monday night off. That was really informative and really awesome. Awesome. Wow. Real good teacher, Miss Ashley. Oh my God. Thanks, you guys. This is so exciting. Hey, (laughs) we think you're pretty great. Oh my God. Oh, excited. Yeah. No, I'm glad I got to come. And I'm glad I got to do research on George. KG3. <laughs> KG3. KG3. Hashtag KG3. KG3. And we're going to do it in the Roman nu- numerals. Of course. Um, KG, not on. KG3 with the numbers. That's stupid. That'd be dumb. It's ridiculous. We're a classy show. Yeah, what is we he, are. A movie franchise? Yeah. Nah. Nope. You know what? He I will be. That movie. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? He will be. I would see that movie. The Revenge of KG3. It's going to be 15 minutes long because King George Hold is only on, on stage. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's going to be like the German superpowers that come in. And, and just Jeff Goldblum is We're just going to show up and be like, Britain will find a way. And then Nicolas Cage will come in and say, we have to steal oh, the Declaration of Oh, I thought we were doing a Jurassic Park thing with the hang we on do your butts. And the, all of them. Oh, great. Bring it all together. Lynn, uh, we so want call royalty us. rights. We have some because ideas. I know that you're worried about I'm workshopping the, it now. We're workshopping it right here. Like this is the, this is <laughs> this the only is the workshop. This is the, the workshop. shortest workshop ever. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had fun. We sure did. I hope you enjoyed your education on King George. I knew nothing, Jon Snow, about any of this, really. There's more to him than just blue pee. Well, we'll see about that. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's actually there. There was more. There 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 was more. There are thousands of pages written about how there was actually, in fact, more. (laughs) I'm going to write you a really adorable letter. after this I am and I'm gonna mean it we'll talk to you guys so so soon actually in five seconds on Twitter in about five four three two one great I am g.pen I'm b.so oh I forgot my name Ashley hasn't had a sip of an I'm so blue by the way Ashley's been drinking Diet Coke not drinking I'm so blue (laughs) and Ashley has forgotten her dang name I'm on vacation forgot my dang name (laughs) that's you you're Angelica you're the Angelica so 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 I'm A. Graf. One more time with feeling. I'm A. Graf. There it is. There she There goes. it is. Nailed it. <laughs> if you haven't already, please take a quick minute to subscribe to our podcast and review us on iTunes. It doesn't have to be a pamphlet. We know you're busy, but we'd appreciate any kind words you want to share. Check out thehamilcast.com for all of your Hamilcast needs, including extensive and reference-heavy outlines from each churnout chapter. Chirpter? Yeah. Tripter. And information on our awesome guests and cool things we mentioned on the show. You can follow us at the Hamilcast on all social media outlets, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Periscope, and Snapchat. We love hearing from you. You can email us at thehamilcast at gmail.com. And please let us know if we can read your email on the air. We're cool either way. And don't worry, we will always get back to you. I am underscore Bianca Jean underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jillian with a G on all social media. And I have a web series with my husband, Mike, you know, Mike, called The Residuals. It's about actors who audition for commercials. You can find everything you need at theresiduals.tv. Thank you again. And as always, you continue to... Yeah.